Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast. This is episode 20, and I am Kelsey Kenry, personal development speaker and life coach to women all over the world, finding your purpose and your confidence to live in the way that you were meant for. So today, we're going to talk about the fear of being inadequate. And before we get started, some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. What's up, guys? My name is Mindy Mercurio. I am a career coach and business guru helping exhausted women find their true purpose. Super excited to be here today on episode 20. We are talking about being inadequate and the fear that goes around that. So Kelsey, why don't we kind of just kick it off? I know that we've talked about fear before, but I think today we've got a very specific fear topic we want to talk about. So why don't you introduce that to us? Yeah, definitely. So just to give you guys an idea of what we're going to be talking about today, a lot of this is going to be about the scarcity mindset. So we're going to tell you guys, you know, really dive into like, what is a scarcity mindset? What does that mean? what happens when we feel like we're in the place of a scarcity mindset, or maybe this is somewhere that you've been before and didn't even realize it. So we're going to talk about what that is. We're going to talk about why the scarcity mindset and this fear of being inadequate holds you back and stops you from being successful. And then of course, we're going to tell you some tools on how you can actually break free of this mindset or work through it if you're in it. Awesome. All right. So let's dive in and let's talk about what the scarcity mindset really is. So we love definitions here at the Bravehearted Podcast. You guys know we love to break out the old Webster dictionary and tell you a little bit about things. So I got out the dictionary. I wanted to take a look and see what it had to say about scarcity mindset because everybody talks about it. It's a kind of a hot buzzword. So scarcity mindset is the belief that there will never be enough, whether it's money, food, emotion, or something else entirely. And as a result, your actions and thoughts stem from a place of lack. So then when we started thinking about some synonyms to kind of go around this scarcity mindset, 
Um, and some of the things that kind of relate to that are inadequacy, deficiency, lack, insufficient. And all of those words can really have an effect on your actions and the way that you feel. And a lot of them have a very negative connotation. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the, you know, taking the definition itself and then the synonyms and putting it all together. It's definitely what I would say is, you know, kind of a negative headspace to be in. And before we move on from that, I have to know, did you actually get out a dictionary or did you Google? Oh, come on. Who has a real dictionary anymore? Google (laughs) is the dictionary, but Webster has a website. So there you go. (laughs) I just had to know. I mean, you know, maybe you have like an old school set of your grandmother's dictionaries. Do you remember this is way off topic, but do you remember doing school projects and literally having to pull the encyclopedias and look in them? Because I do. Oh, I do too. And when I was a kid, we had all of the encyclopedias at my grandparents' house. And I will never like, I can see this image as clear as day. We had this bookcase and at the bottom of the bookcase, there was two shelves with all the encyclopedias. And when me and my brother were little, we used to take all of the encyclopedias off of the shelf probably drove my grandmother nuts and we would build forts out of them with all of the encyclopedias and like blankets and pillows. But that's also how I learned to read. So big shout out to Encyclopedia Britannica (laughs) for teaching me how to read. Yeah. I'm feeling like a little bit of a scarcity mindset that there's not enough encyclopedias now. Oh my God, what happened to all the encyclopedias? Can you still, I wonder if you could still buy encyclopedias because people used to sell them door to door. Oh yeah. I bet you still can. Okay. Anyways, back to our topic here. Now that we have shown our age. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's so many, there's so many different places. And I think a lot of times this whole scarcity mindset is something that people might not even realize that they're in. They're just in it and they don't really know what to do with it because it seems like it's something because there's a lot of fear behind it and it makes us act out of that fear that when you're in it, you just start immediately acting because you don't really know what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think one of the craziest examples I've seen recently is what we have going on in the world right now. Mm. Um, So we've got this global pandemic going and when the pandemic first started, everybody was just clearing out the grocery stores. And that comes from a a bit of a scarcity mindset, right? So like there's this fear that there won't be enough food, there won't be enough water, there won't be enough toilet paper. They take action and buy a ridiculous amount of things that they don't need, causing all this panic. I mean, people are buying... (laughs) People are buying the most silly things. And I totally like, you know, do what you got to do. But like that scarcity mindset, like you don't even realize it until like you get home and you're like, why do I have 500 rolls of toilet paper? Like, why, Mm -hmm. why do I have a pantry full of all this stuff? Because you're afraid that it might not be there. And it like, it happens in Florida too. And we joke about it a lot. Like when there's a hurricane, like you you better run to the store because all of the water is going to be gone. All of the batteries are going to be gone. Like all the coal. What are you going to do with all that stuff? Come on now. Yeah. Like who you don't need 700 batteries. No, you don't. But I think (laughs) that on a more like deep level, you know, when we get into like, just like 
not even knowing that you're doing something. Money, for example. So I grew up um, in a place of not having enough. And so I carried that into my adulthood without even realizing it. And it manifests in conversations I have with my husband, for example. I have this mindset a lot where I don't want to spend money, even though we have the money to spend. Um, And it is completely out of fear that I won't have that money again. And I've gotten a lot better about it over the years, but I've missed out on so many like fun activities or things that I could have spent my money on doing simply because I had this scarcity mindset of I can't spend a dime. Otherwise I won't have it again. Um, Mm. And then I made decisions too, like with like career moves that I made. And finally, you know, two years ago, I kind of broke free from that, but I worked jobs that I didn't love because the money was good because it was going to pay me well. And that's no way to live, you know, making your decisions in your life just based off of that fear and that mindset. But it's something that you don't even realize because it's like, it can come from things that happen to you when you're small. It's just like Mm -hmm. kind of bred into you. Yeah. Well, I mean, our environment plays such a role and like we learn what we see. And so, you know, we all carry things from our childhood, but that's a really good point. And I like that you brought up the career part too, because I don't think that that's uncommon for people. And I think that this is an exact point of like, we're making those choices without realizing that it is the scarcity mindset or that we are acting out of fear because it's like, that's kind of normalized because it's like, well, we have to work to make money. But it's like, if you took the money away, like, would this be your purpose? Would this be a step towards your purpose? Would this be the thing that, you know, leaves you feeling fulfilled at the end of the day? And like, there's all the cliche stuff about like, money doesn't matter and blah, blah, blah. I think it's bullshit. Um, I prefer to, I prefer to make money to each their own. You know, money's not everything. I don't think it's of higher importance than your happiness. You know what I mean? But I also think that you can have both, you know? And so I know that even with my own situation, like I have my own business. Like if I don't get clients, if I don't, you know, sell courses, if I don't book speaking stuff, whatever it is, any sort of income, any sort of income, uh, stream that I have, like if that's cut off for whatever reason, like I have nothing to fall back on. Luckily I'm smart with my money, but you know, that's a completely budgeting is another topic for another day. But I have definitely been in the position many times to where I'm afraid of, you know, of not getting clients or what if I have people that stop signing up for my wait list or what if nobody buys this that I make or any of that. And it's like, when I get in that place, it's like immediately it's that fear-based action to where should I drop my price? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? And it's like, every time I've made a decision out of fear, I always regret it. Yep. Absolutely. So, and it's funny that you, so like I was talking earlier about how two years ago, I kind of broke free from this like decision-making cycle that I was in because of scarcity. So I, when my husband and I relocated 
back to where we live now, I had a job offer for a job that I was not excited about. I was not passionate about it, but it was really good money, like very, very good money. Uh, it was a safe job. It was, you know, and now thinking back on it, it, you know, thank God I didn't take it because of where we are today with the economy. But, it, you know, it was a safe job. It was really good money. It was something that I knew. So I, you know, had accepted the job offer. Um, well, then I got the job offer from my current employer and the money was significantly less. And it was a risk because I was basically starting a business myself. And I didn't really necessarily know much about what we were doing. Like I had done something similar to what we do, but not in the way that we do things where I work. And so I immediately wanted to, my gut instinct was to take the safer job, right? Take the job with, you know, the good money and I make good money now, but like the extra good money and the safe role that I knew, because that's like what my scarcity mindset had bred into me. But I decided to take a day and take a beat and just think about it. And I, you know, kind of thought through what was important to me. Like, do I really want to take this safe job that I'm not necessarily passionate about just because that will make me comfortable? Or do I want to take the risk and do something that I really care about and be happy and still, you know, there's still a money-making opportunity and put some faith in myself. And I am so glad, like just so glad that I didn't act from that place of fear because if I had, I would not be nearly as happy as I am today. So I think, you know, it's just really important that when you have those decisions to make, and this is something we'll talk about later, just kind of taking a beat and Mm -hmm. really thinking about it and what is driving this decision that you're making. Are you acting out of fear or are you acting out of fact? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of rolls into, you know, we've talked basically about like what the scarcity mindset is and, you know, that belief of, you know, there's not going to be enough. And so it shows up in those little ways, like, you know, the pandemic and taking so much toilet paper or so many diapers that people that actually run out of diapers don't get to have diapers then and like how it shows up in that way. But it comes from usually a personal place, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. something that you feel like you are lacking or you once were lacking. And so that makes you kind of lean towards those fear-based actions. And so when we talk about why we make these choices and why we shouldn't make these choices, the fear-based mindset and that scarcity mindset, like you said, it affects your decision-making so much because you're not able to think clearly because it's just like when we refer to careers, like if you take the money out of it, what do you choose? If you're afraid of being broke, right? So if you take that out of it, you know, it makes the decision much more clear, but it's hard to, it's hard to see that when you're stuck in the scarcity mindset. And I feel like the more you're in it, the deeper you get into it. And then the harder it is to break out of, because it's like, you're so, it's like your lenses are so foggy from just like that lack and the insufficiency that's like, okay, I need more, 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 more that you don't even see what you have. Right. 
Exactly. And I think it also can drive you into like, so talking about the why, like why you shouldn't do it, it can make you look really desperate. Mm. Um, So I had this employee one time who came to me from another job and in her other job, she was really starved of information. So as a leader, there's a couple different ways that you can lead. And so this is actually a two for one. So you can lead from a place of fear or you can lead from a place of trust. So her prior leader led from a place of fear. And so when I say that, I say that the leader herself had some fear of not being enough. Because Mm -hmm. when you lead, sometimes you withhold information or, and I see this all the time with leaders, you'll withhold information or you'll like not give your best coaching tips or you'll not share information or you will micromanage people because you are afraid that your people will be better than you. Oh. And yeah, it happens so, it happens all the time. So you're afraid that your people will be better than you and you're afraid that if they're better than you, then you won't have your job. So, and I actually, I talked to other leaders about this too. They're afraid to hire people that have more experience than them, have more like clout or recognition or education or whatever than them because they're afraid that it makes them inadequate. And that's not true. It's not true at all. So that's one of the ways you can lead. Definitely not the way that I lead. I lead from a place of trust. And so like, I trust that I'm doing my job to the best of my ability and that I was chosen for my job because of my skill and who I am. Mm-hmm. I trust that my people, like when I give them trust, that they're going to perform to the best of their abilities because they know that no matter what, if they make decision, that I'll have their back and I'm not going to go, oh, you made this decision and it was a terrible one. So you're fired. My conversation is going to be, oh, you made this decision. Let's talk about why maybe this wasn't the best idea and how we can move going forward. Right. So she had this leader that was leading out of fear and wouldn't give her any information, didn't give her the ability to make any choices, micromanaged her completely. And so when she came to me, she acted out of this place of fear all the time that I wasn't giving her the information that she needed, that I was withholding things, that I wasn't like that I didn't trust her to make decisions and that if she did do something and she messed up that I was going to fire her or yell at her or whatever it may be. And it happens all the time with people who come to work for me. And it's just so sad because they start acting out of fear because of the scarcity of information or the scarcity of like trust or whatever that they had. And they feel inadequate because their last leader made them feel inadequate And now they're having a hard time adjusting to someone not leading them that way. And so I had to really work with her on learning how to trust and breaking past that fear because I wanted to promote her. And I couldn't promote her when she was in that place of that like mindset of like, I'm not going to give you information. Um, You're not sharing everything with me. You're not helping me. And so I had to break her out of that and it took a long time. And sometimes like she would still go back to that even after I promoted her, you know, that she'd have a couple of days where she'd not feel her best and, you know, she'd start taking those actions and I'd say, Hey, remember, this is not how we operate. This is not, 
you know, this is not the kind of relationship that we have. You are enough, like you can do this. And so I think that it's just important to know that this can really hold you back. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, if you act out of that place of inadequacy, fear and scarcity, other people may view you in a light that you don't want to be viewed in. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's something to be said for how other people view us in general, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really, you got to face yourself, you know what I mean? And so if you're continuously taking fear-based action, it's exactly like you said, like, what are you missing out on? What is that holding you back from? Because if you feel like there's never enough, if you feel like there is a lack within yourself or something else, again, you're not going to be able to see all that's available to you. So there might even be opportunities that you wouldn't even take because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've talked about this on like a podcast before is like people look at job postings, for example, and they'll Mm -hmm. say, oh, I don't have that credential. So I'm not enough. I can't do this. Or like, I could never do a podcast because I don't know how to do X, Y, Z, or I don't have anything of value to say or whatever. But that's not necessarily true. Like, is that fact or fiction? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, just having the mindset in the prevention of, you know, taking steps or doing the things that you were meant for, like that's a big piece here. And that's a big piece Mm. of why we really have to break free of this mindset and get to the underneath of why we're feeling this way and recognize Mm. like awareness is the first step to so much. Like just recognizing that you're in it can be huge because like I said, a lot of times we're making these decisions so quickly because we're afraid that we don't even realize it until afterwards. So, I mean, I think awareness is huge here. And, you know, if you can step back and realize what you're missing out on because you're making decisions out of fear and out of scarcity, mm-hmm. it will really put things in perspective for you. Because it's like, you know, we, we <laughs> when we were in Sephora, when we were at Podfest together and in Disney Springs, of course, because Disney Springs. All (laughs) the Disney snacks. (laughs) Yeah, all the Disney snacks. And so we're in there and it was like my thought of like looking around and you see like however many freaking overwhelming different kinds of makeup companies there are. And it's like all these makeup companies were here and like people continue to make makeup and people continue to grow their brands and that stuff shifts and change. But like, if you feel like you're in this scarcity mindset of like, oh, mm, yeah, I'm like not going to do that because there's already so many, like they don't need another one. That's a fear-based yeah. choice. Yeah. And it's it, like, who, who could possibly have the like missing piece to your puzzle, right? So if you're not sharing information. Like if you're, if you've got this big idea and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to tell anybody because they may take my big idea from me. I see this happen at work a lot. Like I have this big idea, but I'm not going to tell anybody because I want to be number one. Like, and I'm just going to hold on to this information and then they don't act on it and somebody else does it. And they're like, Oh, they had the missing piece of what I was doing. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't figure out all of this. 
But like if I collaborated with this person, we could have both won. So I think that that's the big thing too, is like, you can't let that fear of like that fear of losing, like that fear of someone stealing from you, like breed a scarcity mindset where you miss out on like another big idea or something yeah. that somebody else could add to it. Like they're going to take this business from me and then I'm going to be broke forever. Like that's not the way you make right. choices. We, all the time when when um, Eric and I will post other cookie companies. So for those of you that listening, my husband has a cookie company. It's called Cookies and Cream Sarasota. Cookies and Cream are both with K's. We can put it in the, drop the Instagram in the show notes. So anyways, we post all the time other cookie companies that we love because Mm -hmm. my husband's a big food guy. And so he, you know, we get cookies and we enjoy food. And so we'll post them like, these are delicious, buy these cookies. And people are like, don't you guys have a cookie company? And we're like, yeah, but like, shouldn't everybody just enjoy food and be able to eat good cookies? Like they eat our cookies, we eat their cookies. Like everybody should get cookies, (laughs) you know? Everybody eats everybody's cookies. Like, yeah. Speaking of, I'm gonna have to. I saw you guys posted the Hey Sweetie cookies. I'm gonna have to get your uh, lowdown on what I should order from them. So I was looking; their pre orders just opened today. Yeah, they're very good. They're very good. Yeah, but I totally agree, though. Like, if there's no need, like everybody can have a piece of the pie, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. there's no need to like just hold out and say, "Oh, well, I'm the only cookie company. You guys don't need to try any other cookies because we're the best." Like. There's tons of other cookie companies out there, but that didn't prevent you guys from launching a cookie company. That's absolutely delicious, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, I want to talk more moving kind of on into like when we're in this place, like what do you think is helpful when we find ourselves, if we are able to recognize it? I think, you know, before we even get into the how, I want to go back again to just be aware, like listening even to this podcast, now you know. Now you know, like, this is what it looks like. This is how it shows up for you. This is what it prevents you from doing. So now you know. So now you have that knowledge and knowledge allows you to be aware. So be aware, like, when you're making decisions. But how do you think, you know, if somebody notices and they are aware and they're like, wow, I'm making fear-based decisions, how do you think they can break out of that? So I think number one, um, outside of awareness is just taking a pause. So let's slow down. We're making our decisions. Let's look at the choice that we're making and determine whether we're making this based off of fact or fiction, right? So are we making this decision because we're afraid of whatever it may be, or is this a decision that's being made in sound choice and fact? And something that helps me a lot of times is writing down a pros and cons list Mm. of any decision that I have to make. What's the pros? What's the cons? And why do I feel this way? And kind of addressing that. Big decisions, especially, I love to sleep on sometimes a couple of days if I've got the time. But just taking that pause, realizing like what choice you're making and trying to reconcile why you're making that choice. Yeah. I love that too, because in like kind of the the process of events, right? Like the first step being awareness. And then the next step is, okay, pause. Like now that you're aware that you're doing it, let's think about it. 
and then ask yourself questions, which is like a big process that I teach a lot of clients is like questioning yourself, whether it's a feeling or an action or whatever, just because it's like so often we accept things as fact. And so just asking here, like, what's really going on? How am I really feeling? What am I making this decision out of? What are the feelings underneath this? So I like that one a lot. I think you know, taking a pause is such a powerful tool for pretty much anything. Just gives you space to actually think. Because again, impulsive reactions, and especially when they're made out of fear, I know for myself, it's like most times I end up regretting them anyways. So the next one is turn off the noise. So if something's making you feel afraid, which this would be recognizing the fear, you can walk away from it. So when you're, when it's right in front of you or you're feeling like what I would take this as is when you're feeling that pressure, whether it's a timeline or an end date or whatever it is, some time for yourself to kind of reflect. And this goes, I think, along with the pause. It might actually be the next step to take. It's like, okay, pause and then turn off the noise and reflect. Like, I think that would be kind of our step-by-step here. Yeah. And I think too, if you feel like someone is influencing your decision-making, so a lot of times we can find ourselves in a scarcity, you know, decision-making mindset because someone else is feeding information to us that may not be fact or maybe their opinion or maybe how they're feeling. And people, you know, can tend to project their feelings on people sometimes. And we all do it, right? It happens. But recognizing like, am I making this choice? (laughs) Surely not, Kelsey. Um, (laughs) Am I making this choice because this is the way that I feel? Or am I making this choice because someone else has felt this way and now it's affecting me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we've all been in that place where it's like, you know, like Mindy and I had a conversation the other day and it was like, at the end of it, I was like, here's the thing, here's how I'm actually feeling. And it's like, once you're able to like recognize where you're at, it makes a big difference on, you know, how you proceed forward, I think. Um, And so I think, you know, kind of like, I love the way that we wrote out these hows because it it really is a step-by-step process. So, oh, first awareness. The second is a pause. The third is turning off that noise, getting rid of outside influence, reflecting on, you know, making that pros and cons list, whatever you need, and then creating a plan, having some sort of plan, you know, and that can be, this can be a standalone tool too, to where it's like, this is something that occurred before. I didn't like it. I didn't like the turnout of it. Here's what I can do differently next time. Because even if you don't run into the exact same thing, it's like all of our experiences are lessons if we choose to see them that way. Whether it's a failure or a success, you can take everything that you've been through and take out the pros and cons or take out like what made me feel really good here? What didn't make me feel good? What do I want to take from this? So you can create a plan from that. Yeah, absolutely. So the last tool, and this falls right in line with the steps, is you can always ask for help or ask for feedback or both. So, you know, a lot of times we feel like we need to make every decision by ourselves, And sometimes like the best thing you can do is like 
say it out loud to where somebody can hear it. And you might not necessarily even need their feedback, but just the feedback of hearing it yourself or the feedback of writing it in a journal or something like that, you know, and you might find that when you create a plan that you need help, that you're like, Hey, I'm really stuck here. Like, can you help me see this differently? Like, that's what really good friendships are for. Like Mindy and I have had so many conversations to where like, I've been in this mindset before and it's just like sometimes just walking through like what am I am afraid of and Mindy being like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, she's right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes it's just walking through that to where you're having a conversation and you get to see it yourself. And then it's like, you know, getting advice for what somebody else sees from the other side. Like you're actually not failing or you're actually doing okay. Or that's a great idea. Or here's something that I can contribute to that. But asking for help is always a good step. Yeah. And that's so valuable. I can think of so many conversations we've had, but like, I I think back to one conversation we had probably about a year ago and I was really struggling with a lot of stuff professionally. And I was about to make like a really horrendous choice out of fear. And I knew that it was a bad choice, but I was like, I just need somebody else to tell me that this is just not a good idea. And I was sitting by my pool and I remember texting you and I was like, okay, I'm about to make a really bad idea, like choice here. I need to talk this out. And like, you know, having somebody to walk you through the questioning of like, well, why? Well, why do you feel that way? Well, why do you think that? It's kind of like a toddler, right? When the toddler asks like why a bajillion times, but sometimes you just have to have that other person to like listen and like give you that feedback and asking for help is probably one of the bravest things that you can do mm. because you're not meant to do it all on your own. Like yeah. life is not meant to be lived solo, guys. If you are stuck, you need to be asking somebody for help. And if you don't have somebody that you can ask for help, Kelsey and I are always here. Our DMs are open. I know that Kelsey is like on her DM game really strong. But yeah, we're always here. So ask for help, get that feedback and use it to you know move forward. It's important to, you know, and it can help you build relationships too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, how much stronger is our relationship because of all the hard conversations that we've had, you know, good yeah. or bad, hard or like whatever. It's like we've built and it's those building blocks, but they, it allows you to see things differently. So let's loop back through our tools here or how, how do we move past this scarcity mindset? So we've defined what the scarcity mindset is, right? So we've talked about, you know, how it's this belief that we're inadequate that we've got this deficiency, we're acting from a place of fear. We talked about why it's not, you know, a good idea to act from the scarcity mindset, you know, how it can make you feel desperate, how it affects your decision making and can prevent you from making those big decisions that can really change your life. And so, and how do we move past this? You know, obviously like the first thing is being aware. Awareness is everything. Uh, taking a pause when we're making those decisions turning off the noise, walking away from, you know, the situation and just kind of thinking it through, making a plan on how like we're going to handle things. Like when we've made one of those choices or we've had something that didn't make us necessarily feel good, like having that plan can help us feel a little bit more in control and then asking for help and getting feedback. Yeah. I know you touched on this already, but 
when I um, am talking to people a lot, especially lately with what's going on and like everybody's struggling a little bit with something or they're just becoming coming face to face with themselves and asking for help is powerful because it's not weakness. It's powerful because on the other side of asking for help is you getting skills and tools that you need to do better. If you don't ask for help, you stay where you are. So anyways, I hope that this is helpful for you guys. I hope that, you know, you can use this when you're kind of having those fear-based thoughts or wanting to take fear-based action when you catch yourself, because now you will, in the scarcity mindset. We appreciate you guys being here. And please just drop us a rating or a review. And we love when you screenshot and tag us when you're listening as well. All right, guys. So next episode, episode 21, we have interview uh, with Karen Stefano. And she is a lawyer and an author. And in her memoir, What the Body Remembers, she chronicles the journey to reclaim her life after sexual assault as a sophomore at UC Berkeley. So make sure that you tune in for that. Again, that's episode 21. Again, like Kelsey said, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Please make sure to drop us a review. Thanks again for tagging us on Instagram. We love seeing your posts, especially when they include little funny things. Like the other day, somebody mentioned that on top of the Braveheart podcast being their favorite, they also loved cheesy toast and eggs. Shout out to that person because I always love some cheesy toast and eggs. So thanks for listening, guys. And don't forget to live brave. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.